0: Welcome to the drivable podcast where we discuss all things about driving and safer community transport for people with disabilities and medical conditions. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go back and listen to the last episode. In those episodes, we interviewed Dee and reflected on uh, that process as well. There were some awesome gems in there. Great interview with um, wonderful actually wins from the NDIS funding approval. So go check that out. That, that's um, some real, real gold there for people out there working with NDIS. Yeah, g'day everybody. And in this episode, we're gonna talk
1: to Nick. Nick's um, waiting to join us, really excited about this one. We're gonna talk about some really nifty and innovative products to be able to help him to drive. Ali, you ready to do this?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Driving is something many take for granted, but when someone has altered ability, then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. Driving with a disability doesn't mean you have to drive an old clapped up car with farm like machinery and relying on a wheelchair doesn't mean waiting for hours and then being in the back of a maxi access cab getting car sick. The drivable podcast is designed to introduce and explore driving aids for people with disabilities, vehicle modifications, the NDIS, research, medical guidelines, driving techniques and much, much more. The Drivable podcast is to help you be informed and be in control of your own independence so you can experience freedom through driving safely and reliably. I'm Ali and with me is Brad and together we have over 30 years of experience in disability and driving. Enough of the intros, let's get into it.
1: Okay everybody, in this episode we're talking to Nick. Nick, welcome. Can you... Uh, do us a favor for everybody and introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your disability, and then we'll ask you a whole lot of questions about your driving.
2: Yeah. Hey there, everyone. Um, I'm Nick Tiago. Um, I suffer from uh, cerebral palsy, spastic quadriplegia from a birth injury. So I've suffered from this my whole life. And yep. um, Yeah, I've been living independently for almost seven years now, so I don't need that much care, which is
1: awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, To to put it out there, I know Nick. Um, I've uh, known Nick since he, well, almost started almost at the start of your driving journey. Um, and we worked together a lot to try and help you to get independent on the road. So let's talk about your driving. Um, Yeah. Do you want to unpack the story that you've gone through to be able to get your license?
2: Yeah, it's a pretty big story. And there's a few things that even you don't know about, Brad. I hope uh, you don't mind going on this full uh, detailed journey.
1: I'm, I'm sure there are lots Exciting. of things I don't know about. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been handicapped my whole life. So um, I never was able to play sports as a kid. So I play um, computer games a lot instead. Because uh, that's, you know, what, what I could do and how, how I can. Um, uh, it was a good source of, of escapism for me. You know, I didn't want to be in the real world because the real world kind of sucked for me. So I um, played a lot of computer games. Anyway, um when I was about uh, 12, 11 years old, my dad uh, took me to this uh, car show with the family. And um, at this car show, there was a driving simulator it and uh, back then it looked like a, a computer game for me so I hopped on it and started playing, playing around with it and uh, to my dad's and mum's surprise I drove quite well like uh, because I, 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 I like to get the top score on all the games so I tried to be vigilant and follow all the rules that were guided up to me on the board and all that stuff and they were quite surprised that I could drive a regular car. In this simulator back in 2007, 2008. Anyway, um, a few years later in high school, I uh, wanted to be able to drive, you know, as any kid would at the age of uh, 15, 16, because all their friends started getting their learners' permits and what what have you. And I felt kind of uh, left out, you know, that I didn't have my elves. So, um, When I was in grade 10, my um, dad and my SSO in Army High School, Andrew and Lynn, they encouraged me to go for my learner's permit. Now, at the time, I was a bit discouraged because my friends at the time weren't as supportive as supportive as, as I would like them to be um they knew quite well and they knew my reaction times went up to scratch so at the time i didn't really do it for the supportive friends i did it in spite of my friends telling me that i couldn't do it which is not what you should what you should do at all but at the time i was very um, rebellious so i wanted to do it to prove to my um friends that i could do it you know yeah how How old
0: were you how old were you then
1: uh, I was, uh, yeah, 16. 16. 16. Yeah, and of, what I, can, I, yeah, yeah. can I just ask a question about the support workers? Yeah. How, like, they're encouraging you to go for, for URLs oh, yeah, uh, yeah. at that point. Yeah. What what kind of things were they hoping for you? Like, what were they? What messages were they portraying for you at uh, that stage?
2: I, I used to say, uh, uh, there was also a lady called uh, Drain K- Kettle as well. Uh, I used to say the words I can't a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't stand up, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Almost every single morning when I would go to school, they would say, Nick, you can. Like, every single day. And it got so annoying, it got so ingrained in my my, uh, recesses of my mind that it stuck with me. And uh, whenever my friends said, you know, I can't drive, you know what, my brain you know, reversed it and said, I can. Mm-hmm. That was the main mantra of the whole year was instead of, I can't, it's like, I can. And that was thanks to Jane Kettle. Okay. But um, yeah, basically it's just, just regular kind of support. Like all I did was voice my interest in getting a, a license and uh, yeah, Jane, Andrew, Liam, they were all just saying, go for it. You know, you can do anything that you set mind to.
0: So when you say your friends weren't as supportive, um, like what do you th- what were they just making comments or what was the go there?
2: Well, yeah, like, like I said, they thought my re- reaction reaction time went up to scratch, and I do get a bit jumpy. So if there's a loud noise in the background or if someone comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, I jump quite quite violently, and mm-hmm. they thought that if it was a bit in the car and like a bug came out behind me like a flight or a bee or a spider or someone hung the horn behind me, I would jump really violently and turn into the other lanes. Now I have to admit that did happen a little bit at first when I first started learning to drive, but that but that eventually um, heavily decreased and I'm not going near really as jumpy as, as I used to to, to be.
1: Yeah. Nick, so talk us through. Then you you went and sat for your L's. Um, yeah. the, no no issues with the uh, with the smarts there. We know that really? I know so that you're a smart fella.
2: Group of like thirty five. I was the highest scoring. I finished. I don't want to brag, but I was the highest scoring. I finished before everybody else. And uh, I think, uh, like a lot of the students, thought that I was cheating because I have my SSO with me to help me write the answers. They all thought, "Oh, this guy's clearly cheating because the uh, lady wouldn't is giving him the answers." She had to sign a disclaimer saying that she wouldn't give me any answers. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I think
1: uh, I I know you, Nick. You get that a fair bit, don't you? You get where people maybe misjudge um, you based on what they can see. Oh, my
2: entire life, Brad. Ever since I was a little kid, like they. I get one look up and down and everybody, will not everybody, but most ignorant people, not, not their fault, but uh, they look me up and down or automatically assume that I'm mentally uh, handicapped. Like mm-hmm. I'm very high maintenance. So I've got no idea what I'm doing. Uh, if I start talking, some people go even go, oh my God, you can talk, good for you. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm the, uh, the designated driver, out of a whole group of friends that are drinking one night on a weekend when they take them out, these uh ladies that that um are interested in these guys that would with me, they go up go after my friends and go, oh, you, you know, you you're you're a saint for taking out your friend on a good night. And I'm like, well I'm no, I'm the one that drove them out here so they could drink. <laughs> and they think I'm full of shit. So mm.
0: Well, that's yeah. a, a one thing I'm um, happy about. I guess is that we're sharing your story and talking to you here, and more people can see that that's all bullshit, basically. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, YouTube video. I don't know if you've heard of it called uh, "Jeremy the the, the
1: uh, no, I haven't heard of
0: that one.
2: Yeah, Jeremy the Dun. It's done by robot. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I've seen that. Yeah. That's an awesome.
2: That um, was a great video. I, I really like people to, to, to go go watch that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone should watch it. It's um, it was an Aussie little short film, Jeremy the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We shared it on our Facebook, actually. I think as well. We should share it. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll put a link. We'll put a
1: link to it, and yeah, at the bottom of this podcast for people. And I'll go watch it because I don't think I've seen it. But it it sounds really,
0: really good video. Um, it's like 14 minutes or something. It's a short. Yeah, but um, but it's it's got really really strong messages. It makes you think a lot. So it's um, it's really good. Awesome. So um. You, you proved everybody
1: uh, wrong, all those doubters wrong, and you got your L's. What happened next, mate? Well, not
2: quite yet. So after I finished the test and asked for colours, about a week later, we went to acquire our learnings permits as, as a class. And uh, when it was finally my turn to get my photo taken and get my licence, uh, at the uh, city office they uh, told me no I can't have my license until I get a doctor's approval mm-hmm. and then uh, that really uh, upset me because uh, they could see I had this smart and it wasn't that that physically handicapped just another yet another roadblock in the ignorance train of the system um so I had to wait like a good Far out. It was like almost a year or two just to get a simple eye exam from a regular GP. He didn't what? do any special tests or any physical things. I just got a simple eye exam from just a GP that the office designated and he gave me the approval just from reading a few lines on, on a on a, on a board. That was it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think the so this was your normal GP, your your regular no, GP?
2: They they assigned me a GP
1: who the Department of Transport did. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: But I didn't see my regular one. I mm-hmm. was told to go to just this one that they that they said to go to, and it took like six months to a year to actually get that freaking appointment.
1: Yeah, was it a specialist or was it just a GP?
2: Uh, I I don't know. I think yeah. might have been... A specialist but yeah. i'm assuming it's a GP because all i did all i did was a simple eyes and that's it yeah
1: yeah it's it's i i think um from my understanding it's a specialist that you went and uh and saw i uh, did that's... go to
2: the uh we moved to the children's hospital yeah so but it just it looked like a GP. yeah you know? very simple office very simple everything
1: yeah, they, they put a lot of, uh, the Department of Transport put a lot of uh, ownership on the medical guidelines, the Osroad Medical Guidelines. And it say, if it says specialist for a condition, they need it to be a specialist. And yeah, it can take months to be able to get into a specialist. And and there's nothing that we can unfortunately do about that other than advocate for clients. And um, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah, I, I'd It's unfortunate that that's the way that it's set out, but they've got their protocols to follow. Yeah,
0: yeah. But interesting. So then, um, once you got that, uh, what happened? Yeah, once I
2: finally acquired my permit after all that waiting, um, I think it was the school. So Lynn or Andrew got me in contact with a guy called Ian. Brad, do you remember his last name?
1: Yeah, yeah he's a well-known uh, driving instructor around Adelaide his name's Ian Craniford, Um, nice. and uh, he's he was one of the pioneers really um, from my understanding in um, South Australia in regards to helping people with modifications um, and learning to drive with modifications he's a driving instructor and put in heaps of modifications to his car
2: Yeah, so Ian would come into my house once to be week once every other week for a couple of months and uh, we try all kinds of different like spinner knobs and uh remotes to do the indicators and whatnot and um over time i i uh, really struggled turning the wheel left or right into a corner Mm -hmm. um it would really hurt me now at the time ian thought that i was was very weak in the arms so he suggested me uh Buying dumbbells and strengthening my arms a bit more uh, to get my shoulders and, and biceps up to scratch, so that I had enough energy and strength to turn the wheel. Little did I know, it wasn't the lack of strength; it was my uh, bursitis that I had uh, de- wow. developed over the years of using a gutter frame. So a little bit of background from, of that before I move forward. So I, I, I developed a scoliosis as, as a 14-year-old. Um, When I, when I hit, when I hit pu- puberty, um, my back curved to the way I used to walk and I got a perfect uh, S-shaped spine um, over the period of like six, six months. So I had to get like scoliosis surgery when I was uh, 15 and I got, uh, yeah, a decent amount of uh, pins and rods in my spine and I was in hospital for a few weeks and then after that I couldn't walk at all without an aid and I couldn't uh, uh, get a good night's sleep. I was uh, in, in lots of pain and I still am to this day. But uh, because of this scoliosis, it's using a frame. I put a lot of weight on my arms to, to uh, get, get up from my back. So my back doesn't hurt. And then over like an eight or nine year period of time from when I was 14, 15 to now, um, yeah, I've got great bad bursitis and tendonitis, I'm putting all that weight into my arms, trying to get the weight off my back.
0: Are you and, doing uh, anything about that now? Like, do you do any treatment for that? Like, No, so
2: unfortunately I've tried all kinds of surgeries. I've tried a cortisone, I've tried um, a vasectomy, I've tried getting my, my uh, nerves zapped and burnt in my back as well. The back's starting to get a little bit better, but every winter it's not good. But my shoulders are screwed up. Like uh, after the first lot of cortisone injections, I think I got a, a, a month of pain pain relief, but then it just went back to being pain. And then I had a bursectomy a, a after that, which they removed the bursa out of the shoulder. And uh, that gave me a few months of pain relief, hmm. but uh, as you know, bruises uh, grow, grow back every time. So um, yeah, it didn't give me uh, a decent amount of time to uh, relieve the pains. Uh, I didn't want to get a cortisone injection every month; that that would have been too, too much. And um, I've been in hospital my whole life, like in and out of hospital. I've had countless surgeries and. X-rays and examinations, and I just didn't want to commit to having a, a, a injection every month just to relieve the pain. So unfortunately, um, after scoliosis surgery, I was on uh, opioids like endone and oxycodone and all that stuff for a few years. And I've built up a tolerance th- 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 to uh, opioids and strong pain relief. So quite literally nothing really helps relieve the pain. Mm -hmm. the only time uh, that i'm not in pain is if i'm sleeping so i've been in constant pain since i was 14 years old i haven't had an unbroken two hours of sleep since i was 13.
0: wow
1: yeah you live with a lot nick and um and you 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 carry a lot of tension through those shoulders as well through the uh through the the quadriplegic aspect of the, the of the cp as well um mm. yeah yeah and from an ot point of view your range of motion in your shoulders is restricted and uh and you're really tight through your pec muscles um compared to um the the muscles that make your shoulder blades move so there's a lot of internal rotation there as well so when That's you right. when you go and try and steer a steering wheel um, tough. reaching across the top of the steering wheel to make it turn was was really difficult, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it made it worse. It, exas- it exacerbated the issue. And um, I just gave up because I thought I'd never be strong enough. And, you know, so I just gave up. So that was when I was um, 17 and a half around there in uh, late year 11, early year 12 high school. And then a year after that, I graduated high school. I, um, I moved out of my parents into my own house uh, with the competition payout that I received. And um, because of the payout, I was appointed a trustee. And I told this trustee that I was interested in driving to see what, 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 uh, what we could do about that if there's anything out there that I could try. And uh, a lady called Laura Kessner, who was appointed my case manager, put me in contact with uh, Brad, M- Brad Williams. This was back in, I think, late 2013. Is that right, Brad?
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, about uh, uh, Dates are terrible with me. I'm hopeless yeah. with dates. About then.
2: So, yeah, Laura Kirsten put me in touch with Brad. Um, I was 18, 2019 at the time. And uh, I told Brad, yeah, I wanted to start driving. And I told him that uh, what I... Experience with Ian, and I think our next to Brad was you got me a scan done on my, on my shoulders. And then yeah, so we, we, went
1: for, we went for we went for we went for a drive first, well, and I remember did. that first drive. Yeah, I um, just
2: that
1: I was. Yeah. Try to replicate what you were doing uh, with right. Ian, and uh, yeah, I we were on the wrong side of the road um, yeah. when we first started trying to. Trying to get you around a left-hand turn was was really difficult um, yeah. in those first bits. And then we went to see what we could do about your shoulders. Um, you've discussed a lot of that now and, and that journey already about what you can and can't do to your shoulders. But right. it was way back then that we were trying to figure out what we could do to yeah. be able to help you to steer so around the corners. It was
2: really thanks to you, Brad, that I got the scan done to discover that I had fibrositis. Because were going for you, I probably wouldn't have got the skate, and I would have
1: just thought I was very weak, 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 Yeah, and it's actually not weakness at all. It's actually yeah. uh, increased tension and tone in those shoulders, uh, and it's actually the muscles not letting go rather than not being strong enough to work. Um, so anyway, we went we went through this process of investigating your shoulders. We we knew that your shoulders were not going to be up to it. Um, and, when, and we're never going to really be able to steer the steering wheel, left shoulder, right shoulder, both shoulders together. Uh, it didn't didn't make a difference. So we hit a brick wall when it came to steering a steering wheel. So uh, do you want to unpack what, what we did then?
2: Yeah, so my memory of this part is a little bit hazy, but uh, I think you've been hard at work, like really hard at work to do your research about what was available yep. and then um, I don't know if you knew this at the time but I was really into video games and playing with uh, joysticks and uh, driving simulators and games like Grand Theft Auto and that kind of stuff, um, driving driving games and uh, you found this company called uh, PME, Problem yep. Management Engineering that's uh, based in Sydney and yep. what they do is they through that cars with technology called space drive, um, that was invented and manufactured in in uh, Germany, and, and um, yeah, yeah, we we thought because that uses a joystick like a video game uh, console, we thought oh that looks kind of perfect. You don't have to it. you don't have to ha- have your hands on the wheel at all, and uh, it's just as simple as turning a joystick left and right, and the whole wheel turns by itself. So we thought, oh, that's basically a problem oh, Let's Let's give it a try. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to think yeah, what else happened. Yeah, so, but just before you found that, I think you helped me buy a van so that my housemate could drive around Yeah. Home.
1: Yep, that, that was a big part of the process as well is um, trying to plan for the future, but also you just moved out of home um you were trying to be independent of your folks you had housemates and 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 so forth carers housemates um who and you needed to get out and about and didn't want to rely on access cabs. so yeah we got we got a van for you well we researched i didn't get a van for you we researched all the vans that were available to be able to for your for your housemates for your carers to be able to drive so you could get out and about and because i had
2: uh, quite a big mood because i used to do Scout for the time. I used to go uh, out in the outback and people were driving and go to lots of um, uh, uh, heavy to- terrain. I I had this uh, 4x4 wheelchair, the X8 Magic Power Wheelchair from Victra Care. And because it was quite a big wheelchair to like Orion, I needed quite a big beam with quite a big uh, opening at the back to get it in there. And I remember that was t- a challenge to. Uh, see what would fit, but it would also look cool. And I think, uh, yes, we ended up finding uh, the Volkswagen TDI 40 2013 multi-van. And uh, we measured out the back opening and the wheelchair. Yeah, and it was great, except that I had to take off the headrest every time I I would get in the van and I had to duck my head Every time I'd go into the a band and whatnot, I didn't want to get. I think I, I said this to Brad. I didn't want to get a bigger band just to save me from getting the headrest off because it mm. was just silly just to get a much bigger opening just for the headrest. So I was yeah. quite happy to take up the headrest every time I, I would get into and out, out of the band.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to discuss about that one about the trade offs and and the responsibility um, of of those type of decisions in regards to want and desire versus what, what can be achieved versus, um, you know, like you're not sitting in the wheelchair when you're actually in the car. So we, we went through a whole lot of uh, policies and procedures in regards to whether that was appropriate or not. Um, and yeah, so it's a really tight fit for the wheelchair in the back of the car without a lowered floor. Um, it, it's something that you sh- you have to bend and duck when you get into the into the car, but then you make your way through the middle of the car when you use your wheelchair into the driver's seat, don't you?
2: No, yeah, I do, but back then I would get in the passenger seat. Yeah, passenger seat. And uh, we had to remove the armrests of both front seats so that I could get squeezed through there because the gap was so narrow, I couldn't uh, squeeze through, so we had to remove yeah. the armrests. So with your car
0: did you initially um, use it as like as a passenger yeah yeah okay yeah so
2: for the first um, six well, months yeah yep
1: all right well six months to really get the process started and then we uh, and then we um, went and did the assessment with PME that you were talking about didn't we and um, do you want to talk about what was involved in that do you, do you recall well, just, what was involved in that? before we
2: get to that we all, just we uh, were going back to the wheelchair and the van. We went to um, Les Brasier to get a fitted out with the Red mm-hmm. to
1: get yep. the... To so get a lifter in the back, yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, after all that, and uh, a few months later, when he and Brad discovered the PME, um, Brad made contact um, to say, hey, look, I've got a candidate for you that might be... Um, that might be great for using your technology. He's got putting his arms, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, they said, yeah, come on down. Come on come on down to Sydney or oh, up to Sydney, sorry. And uh, take a look at our test vehicle and see if you can use it. So Brad and myself flew over to Sydney in July around then, 2014, around that.
1: Yeah, oh, I remember that day. You'd been up watching uh, the World Cup on. Uh, yeah, that's right. that's the soccer World, World Cup, up. and you were yeah, so it was tired. Like
2: three in the morning watching <laughs> Portugal beat the hell out of Italy. So that was pretty, pretty.
1: <laughs> I remember trying to drag you onto the plane. Like yeah, you were so was, tired, was, you, you were, and I didn't talk to you at all. I
0: don't reckon on that trip. Oh, oh no, season, I was out like light the whole
2: trip. So I was out uh, of it. Um, yeah, I'm a big FIFA fan.
0: I wanted to kind of point out, I guess, one thing just for the listeners that you guys are in Adelaide and you have mm-hmm. to go to Sydney to try this product, right? That's right. Um, and I guess just to, cause we talk about a lot of the big theme of what we talk about here is get out there and try as much as you can, which I can definitely see that that's what you were doing. And then you kind of hit a wall um, and then you have to fly to try something, which some people might think that's not the best thing, um, which it isn't. But at the same time, I guess, um that vehicle that you're trialing how much do you reckon it was worth like a trial vehicle because that's the thing they're a pretty expensive vehicle I think and um there's not that many around the country I think there's only like one or two so
2: no, Well there's about uh 20 now in the country. No just oh, that it... you can
0: try out that's what I mean. Oh I'm out, sorry yeah 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep,
2: yep, yep. yeah. yep.
1: Yeah so yeah we had to uh, there there wasn't an option back then. There wasn't a, there was really only one option back then. Um, and that was PME. Um, and we, I, I take my hat off to PME for um, having, these, having these products uh, in Australia in regards to giving people options to be able to try these, what, what I term, high-end controls, really high-end stuff.
2: I should also note that back then, I was not a member of the NDIS. Mm-hmm. So all of these flights and trials and paying for the vehicle and paying for the mods—that was all self-funded.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you have a job? No. No. Wow. That
1: would have yeah. been tough. Um, we went we went over there and um the PME crew put you through your paces. I had to take a back seat. I wasn't. I had, I had to step away because I didn't know the products and so forth at that. At that point of time, um, and I think you blew everyone away.
2: Yeah, I, I blew myself away. I was, I was, uh, yeah, in a state of complete eu- euphoria. I thought, Eureka! We finally found a, a gadget that works. You know, Filled all this game. music of finally p- paid off. Um,
1: yep, we yeah. were spinning around the car park out out by that oval. You were going around in circles, doing figure eights. Yep, and then you, and then you know, you even went out and drove on the road there on that on that first day uh,
2: yeah on the back streets so yeah we did a bit of driving on the road with uh, tom ely i think yeah it was yep. the one in the car yep
1: yeah. so that that whole first assessment process was trying to find a product that worked for you whether it was left hand or right hand or whether it was, uh, and we also assessed your your feet at that, that that day as well in regards to cost versus whether your your right foot had the control on the pedals. That's right. But this joystick in your left hand um, was, yeah,
0: an immediate success. It was like a,
2: a duck to a duck to w- water.
0: Sure was. <laughs> all sure those was. all those years playing computer games paid off, eh?
2: Yeah, like I said, yeah, exactly. Um, Brad, yeah. remind me, was it just the one day, or did we stay a few days and kept going back?
1: No, we. That first day was just a once-off to see if this was right. possibly going to work. Yep. And then we, um, from my memory, then all the fun and games came in regards to how we going to pay for this, That's and because right. uh, it's not cheap stuff.
2: No, but should I say how much it cost altogether? Or
1: people, people will want to know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So first of all, the van itself, a bought brand new. That was 50 grand. fifty
0: grand,
2: and yeah. So the the modification, so just just the just the uh, mod, just, just a joystick. the joystick, yep. and just the computer. Only that, exclu- excluding excluding it there and back and fitting it and whatever. From memory, it was eighty five grand.
0: Wow, mm-hmm.
1: for yep. just the joystick, and then you've got a lifter in the back. Yep. yep, so I've got a lift, a lift as well, lift.
2: and that costs a couple of grand. Yeah, And I've got a hoist on the uh right driver's side in the back to get my walk in and out.
1: You got a frame in and out.
2: Yep. And uh, insurance, um, because I'm, I'm i was on the age 25 at the time and I had all these mods and I was handicapped. I used to be with the RA and that was five and a half grand a year. Whoa. And now yep. I'm with blue badge, and now it's uh, I think it's about four grand a, a, a year.
1: Still mm-hmm. high, it is. So um, before the NDIS, this this came out of this came out of what you're able to raise, wasn't it?
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yep. And how are um, you getting your funds at that time? Were you just so like raising- I said?
2: Um, so because of my superpole, so I'm I've got superpolarity due to uh, m- m- medical negligence at birth. Okay. So, there was a birth injury that I sustained. And, um, yeah, my so, parents uh, sued. And, yeah, I got a payout at the uh, age of 18. Yeah, okay. And I ended up paying for the uh, car mods and the house and stuff like that.
1: Yep. Yeah, okay. But um, even though it was your money and, and payout uh, that you received at 18, your... um just to help unpack it when we were saying that we had to, how are we going to pay for this? Um, At that time, it was under a trustee, wasn't it? And we had to basically do a lot of report writing to say that this was value for money.
2: Took a lot of reports, yeah.
0: So it's almost a similar process to the NDIS by the sounds of things.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I have to disagree there. Oh, really? Now that I'm with the NDIS, asking for very simple stuff it's a big head uh
1: stuff you around. can you can say yeah. the word mate you can say the <laughs> <word>. we, <laughs> we 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 know what you wanted to say then it's it's fuck, yeah know, that's the, the one the, right. the, yeah
2: it's a fucking idiots.
1: <laughs> all right all right now we need to tone it down just a little bit all right <laughs> somewhere in the middle there yeah, <laughs> uh, we don't want to offend too many listeners no, uh, um, but yeah um, it is the,
2: I'm sure they're good people with, with most of the clients, but with me, um, yeah, simple, um, simple stuff around the house, it just takes a lot of uh, asking and begging and reports and this and that yeah. and quotes. And with uh, the yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we we trustee getting the car, it did take reporting and all of that stuff, but uh, nowhere near as complicated and c- convoluted yeah, as okay. the NDS re, 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 requir- require.
1: Yeah, because of your age, uh, just to put it in perspective for people, it's your money. But because of your age at that time, it was about making sure that you weren't wasting your uh, your payout, which has to last you for the rest of your of your that's lifespan. Right. Yep. Yeah, and so, also
0: like I guess the, to make sure no one's ripping you off, probably as well. Yeah, that's right. Like doing you in or something. That's right. Yeah. That's so it. we
1: were taking me, asking asking for your money. Where with the NDIS, we're asking for the government's money. And, yeah, that's, but, and that's probably where the difference was. It's exactly. still the same type of report writing, the same type of proving that it's value for money and that it's going to make a difference to your life. Um, but it was, uh, the money's coming from a, a, a different pool.
2: I should uh, mention just on now, just, just briefly, that was with um, a certain trustee that required a lot of our reports and what have you. The one that I'm with now requires nothing no, nothing at all.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I right. just
2: say I just say what I want and then go he, 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 he you you go. Do
1: you need a car upgrade, Nick? <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll talk. <laughs>
0: so once um, you got the once you got the getting back into the car, once you got the car fitted out, um how was it and then kind of getting the car, um how was Driving it and getting used to it? Like, did you have to do lessons? How long? So, did that yeah.
2: Wait? So, after we fitted it to Sydney and, go, and got it fitted in Sydney, Brad and I went back over to Sydney again after the car, my car got fit, fit, fitted, with, fitted with the tech. And we did yet yeah, another test to see how I got in my own car. And once they were happy and I was happy, um, yeah, we the it back, back to Adelaide. And I had to pay to fly out a special ed driver, Tom Ely, to um, teach me how to use all the modifications. Yeah. Just before I progress uh, as well, um, when we... um, Sorry, I was trying to thought, you know. Uh, Anyway. um, Yeah, so on top of the regular learnings for my hours, I had an extra like 60, 80, 100 hours on top of what a regular learner has to do just to get my license, just to get approval from the uh, driving com- com- commission.
1: Yeah, so you had three trips to Sydney. One was yep. the first test out. The second one was fitting for your car and then the third one was your final fit out where they just made sure it was all in the right place, made That's sure right. it worked, you went for a bit of a drive in your car uh, um, and then it was waiting for the car to come back. And when the car came back, it came back with Tom. And uh, Tom taught you to drive with those controls in your car, yeah?
2: Sorry, I just remember what I was going to say. Back on the first test with my car, I asked the company if we could make the spring stronger Mm -hmm. in the joystick because Mm -hmm. um, I'm quite strong in my arm. And I think the joystick is um, made for people that are very weak. So to make the spring in the joystick very, very loose. So it was quite sensitive. And they had it on the lowest possible sensitivity. But I would literally move the joystick an to left or right, and half the whole wheel would turn. Yeah. And I said, I said at the time on, on my very first test with my car, I said, hey guys, can we make this, this spring a lot stronger so that it's you know less sensitive? And I said, no, we, we, we can't do that. And I'll tell you why that's important, important later. But uh, yeah, at the time, uh, for the first uh, year and a half of my driving, I was using a very, very, very sensitive joystick. And yeah, literally, <clears throat> anonymity each way. If I'm going on the highway, I will go into oncoming oncoming traffic if I don't, if I don't keep the joystick like needle in point straight yeah and like a very fatigued you know the hardest part of millionth drive was to keep the joystick dead straight
1: yeah so you got this product that gives you all this hope but then it's still hard to be able to to do it and and i remember driving up the freeway with you and and trying to stay in the lane as we go around a sweeping corner to the left or to the right that was that was really difficult so how did you get that fixed
2: well yeah so um before I I got the spring fix, uh, Tom eagerly put in like an arm pad on the joystick because b- back then uh, it would just be the stick on a small platform. And because my arm wasn't resting on anything, no arm resting on nothing, I had this weight of my arm that I had to control as well as the joystick. And we yeah, figured okay. out that the weight of my arm was impacting the the uh, the level of um, turning, so we had to get an armrest installed as well on the joystick, so my arms could be um, resting on the uh, on the armrest, not moving at all, and then made it a lot easier to turn after that. So that was a really good um, modification that I added onto it after. Um, but yeah, so like I said, um, hours and hours and hours of um, lessons and um, I got the approval, got my P's. And then about uh, eight months or a year after I got my P's, I had a car accident. So um, back then, on the day I had the accident, it was um, New Year's Eve 2016. And uh, on that day, I had plans to go up to my mate's shack in Ma- 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 Manham for the New Year's Eve weekend. And, um, yeah, I hadn't slept really good the month before, again, as I do. And, um, but, um, so my friends were going to um, pick me up, right? I wasn't going to drive, it. they were going to come pick me up because I usually get fatigued after really long drives, with my, you know, um, because it takes a lot of energy to keep the joystick really straight. And um, my, my legs, it gets fatiguing, keeping the pedal at a certain speed. That that, that took a lot that takes a lot of energy out of me. And I'll talk about how fix that in a second. But uh, so that day, um, they called me up at 11 in the morning. And they said, oh, next way, we, we, we forgot you. We, we went up there without you the day, the day before. Can you drive here? So, I was scrambling at 11 in the morning on like a, only a couple of hours sleep, trying to get packed and get up there so that I didn't miss out on much. And um, yeah, got on the road. Again, I was half asleep, so I shouldn't shouldn't have been on the road. Um, and I got halfway up Port Rush Road, which is a little around the corner from where I live, up, up uh, to get onto the uh, highway later on down the road. But um, I got like 300 metres up the Road and I slightly I slightly bumped the side of the um, meeting strip. So I veered to the right just very slightly <clears throat> and uh, the front right wheel hit the meeting strip very, very lightly. But because of that jolt, it was enough to bump the joystick to go Full lock to the right. So I went into oncoming traffic on the over the medium strip into oncoming traffic, and then I, quick, I quickly overcorrected and went back left again to get out of the way of the oncoming cars. And I went back onto, onto the median strip, and I ended up slamming into a, a tree on on the median strip. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a bad crash. I just slightly dented my bumper bar. I had a broken side side mirror and the airbag went, went, went off. That, that was it. I, I, I killed a tree that was that was very sad. It was a very small tree. But um, yeah, so the bumper bar dented, airbag went off and I broke my side mirror. Um, because I had never been in a car accident before as an adult I didn't know what to do so obviously bystanders tricked up I was okay it's kind of funny though um I don't think you know this Brad and this is true when I had the car crash Angie the lady that encouraged me to get my license in the first place she happened to be driving by that day (laughs) and she stopped with her husband to help me out of the car yeah right so that did was that? just a huge, you know, coincidence kind of fate thing. And that made it all the more embarrassing because I felt like I had let her down. And yeah, uh, I okay. felt so bloody embarrassed. Um and she said, no, don't be embarrassed, Nick. It's it's you know, it happens to the best of us. She asked me how I've been this this past year and what have you. So that's a really, really awkward position to catch up in. <laughs> um so anyway the cops were called and i didn't know what to do so i just let the cops organize a tow truck to get the car off the meeting trip and go to the the um, repair shop and um i remember overhearing oh sorry, i didn't know so after I had the car crash i called my housemates at the time to say hey look i had a car crash can you walk down the street and help me grab the shit out of the car and pick me up and take me home. And uh, the police officer turned to my housemate behind my back and he said, how the fuck did your housemate get get his license? He's disabled. How the hell did the person in my back get his license?
1: Thanks for listening to the Drive Able Podcast with Brad Williams and Aliac Barrier. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability, or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.